welcome back to Try Not To Die. I'm your deserted monastery, Noah Perito, and I'm here with our multi-planar players. Lisa Condemi, a.k.a. Gorgonzola. Another plane? No problem. No problem, <laughs> hey. Both a reference to that little meme of the dog going another Tuesday, no problem, and also NP. Yeah. Levels, no just problem. like the place we're in. Imagine Ooh. if that was when you find her, she was like, I settled on, I found an acronym, um, and I thought it really spoke to me. <laughs> no problem. Um, no problem is what my name is. <laughs> I support uh, you. Who are you? And it's me, Ashley Goodman, <laughs> a.k.a. Brigid. I can cast Cure Wounds, but there ain't no remedies to the reality of memories. Whoa. <laughs> Sounds like you got a snippet from my last therapist appointment. Whoa. <laughs> a, snippet, a teaser promo. Teaser promo from <laughs> therapy. Well, take a seat, everyone. I promise it's not a mimic. It's time You're lying. I am. The recap. Ow, my butt. Ah! Last time, our heroes infiltrated Marfin's magnificent magical menagerie, sneaking past the guards outside with a clever use of invisibility and a vicious elemental spirit. Inside, they found that the store had been completely ransacked. All of the valuable artifacts, potions, and trinkets had been taken, leaving only empty shelves. Not only that, but the quicklings could not be found. The only solace was the fact that it looked like behind the front desk had been cleaned out deliberately, the most important items locked away. Moving into the back room slash foyer of Marfin's many rooms, the group began to investigate for any clue on where the crown of Aletheia, Marfin, or NP could be. Zola took the initiative, tapping Aurelia on the Golden Globe, revealing a note and pocket watch hidden within. Holy shit, puzzle solved within like literally 10 <laughs> seconds of getting in there. Zola can only solve a puzzle if she doesn't know the puzzle exists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the pressure of there being a puzzle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Zola is so brilliant and really does have like an Occam's razor sort oh, of mind. I'm so glad I didn't know that I was supposed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Um. Marfin knew that, despite his protest, Zola would undoubtedly come looking, and so rather than leave her and her friends helpless, he left them with a parchment enchanted to map out his menagerie, and a pocket watch that could keep track of how time passed on the plane that they were on and the material plane, respectively. Emphasizing that he should not be the focus of the rescue, he also gave them several key pieces of advice. Always check for traps. If a room is locked, consider an alternate route. Sometimes doors are not doors. If you don't see a way out, that doesn't mean there isn't one. And finally, if they encountered Flay, they should not face her. He told them to instead flee and find another route unless she found the door to NP. He made sure he cut off nearly all connections to the cottage where the dragon mage rested, but if she happened to make it to his lab, Zola could find her way to NP and the crown. He ended his note by praising his apprentice and warning them to avoid awakening something called the inevitable, a concerning PS if there ever was one. Pocketing the timepiece, the party decided to head deeper into the mage's manor, entering through the first door to walk out onto a vast grassy plain, a ruined temple with crystals bursting from it and around them. The group inspected the various stones and realized that this temple was pre-Malduction and was dedicated to none other than the goddess of magic, Mistra. As Zola pondered why Marfin would have a doorway to this temple, Brigand and Smite continued to survey the scene and consult the timepiece, realizing that they were actually on the other side of Feyfall on the continent of Panatolia. Zola cast a locate object to see if the crown happened to be nearby, but unfortunately it was not, so the party turned around and headed back through the door, this time ending up 
back in Marfin's foyer? Smite and Zola ignored Brigid's suspicions about the space, choosing to begin to search the room for any other clues or passageways out, but unfortunately for them, Brigid was correct in doubting the nature of it, as the moment they began to interact with it, furniture began to come alive and attack. Just like your seats. It turned out that it, it oh. turned out that this was actually a mimic room, not the original study. So the three turned heel and bolted back through the door, rushing into a long open chamber with a variety of comfortable-looking couches facing its stone walls that seemed to have moving lights and colors projected upon them. Ooh, a comfy couch. Let me sit down and be traumatized. Oh, just like <laughs> therapy. Another preview from therapy. Guys, this is just a <laughs> plug for therapy. The moment one of them interacted with the couches, images began to form out of the colors and movements, playing out a memory associated with whatever they were thinking about. Using this, the group began to revisit old memories. Zola thought of when she fled to Balderheim through Marfin's magic, replaying the moment when she and NP first spoke about the Shard and Marfin, and when she saw him speaking with Dean Flay Chantress. Through the magic of this space, she was able to hear their conversation, learning that Flay knew that he had been working with Bree, Cam, and Bear violating the terms of his residency in Aurelia. She also revisited the moment when she was scrying on Marfin, taking the opportunity to scope out the strange stone vessel with glowing green runes and the mad notes of Marfin, chaotic, incomprehensible, the only recognizable word, Mistra. Finally, Zola tossed Stilton on the couch, finding that the little Corvid was thinking about a beautiful garden where familiars roamed free, where he spent his time when he wasn't with Zola. It's great that Zola, this is just like a side hustle for him. He's like, yeah, sometimes I come down to the material plane to like help this rando, but most of the time I just kind of hang out with other familiars. Stilton's really your patron. He's kind of a temp worker in a lot of ways, you know what I mean? It gets like brought in, explodes, and then it's just like, I'm back to work next day. Uh, Just like me. Brigid saw memories of her past (laughs) lives and interactions with Marfin, some friendly, some in opposition to him, confirming that he was indeed a very old wizard. She also learned that Pyre changed with every keeper who summoned her, having different forms, but always reflecting the personality and mood of the keeper she was partnered with. Thinking of her own past, Brigid uncovered a long-buried memory of someone arguing with her adopted mother, Cardamon Wildspice. When she pressed and focused on the memory, she discovered the voice was Theobroma, the leader of the elves within the Zuhat Sandaria, who had opposed her evacuation plan. Most importantly, she learned that he was actually her father, and his opposition to her came from a jealousy of her becoming the keeper. Ugh. Wow, we Ugh. hate dads. Dad. Literally, why? the worst kind of dad is the one who's jealous of their daughter. Ugh. <laughs> like psychopath vibes, murderer vibes. The two it's like the two the spectrum is like you live too vicariously through your child and therefore you don't let them have your their own life or you resent them for pursuing a path that you wanted to pursue. Oof. Oh boy. Wanting to know more, Brigid dug deeper, seeing darkness, warmth, faint light, her time in the womb, feeling the stress of her mother and childbirth. I hope whoever's listening to this recap, this is your first episode. Time in the womb, (laughs) my friends. She heard the angry pleas of her father calling out for help to no avail as everything once again went dark. Her father's jealousy ran far deeper than she could have possibly realized. Turning away from their own memories, Brigid and Zola saw Smite sitting on one of the couches, re-witnessing the horror of the day of the bloody sun, the death of his parents, and the disappearance of his sister. 
Seeing this, the group embraced Smite, comforting him before Zola revealed that she knew his sister. The young white-haired girl had grown up to be Priya Altrui, the first ally and love of Zola way back Whoa. in Paddlewick. Let's call, let's call it a crush. They didn't say, I love you. First love, gang. <laughs> Bombshell <laughs> dropped the party freaks for a bit before deciding that, for now, they should leave this room before becoming any more traumatized. After seeing one of Marfin's many guest rooms, the group continued finding a frigid outpost far north of the world they knew, in the Arctic Circle. Cold air greeted them as they stepped into the normally sterile environment, open doors and shattered windows having ruined it, allowing for ice and snow to coat the inside of the space. Though much of the research had been damaged or destroyed by whomever had last visited the space, the party did discover strange embryonic creatures and broken terrarium-like containers. What the hell was Marfin working on? What the hell? What the hell? Leaving the space as quickly as they came, the party entered into a rather large child's bedroom, untouched for many years by its past inhabitants. A, a, a bedroom of a large child? Or no, the bedroom is large? A large oh, sorry, a large it. bedroom of a child. Yeah, I can okay, see. Okay, sorry, really uh -huh. important distinction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A very... A very large child's large bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> they realized that this was a child of Marfin and an archfiend named Fierna. While Brigid and Smite prepared to rest, Zola continued to investigate the space, discovering a diary written in Infernal. Translating it with Comprehend Languages, she learned that the child of Marfin was an aspiring fashion designer named Duke Angelbaby, and he did not leave on great terms with Marfin, his last words written declaring that he never wanted to see the mage again. Zola left the diary on the desk, choosing not to pry any further, as her and her friends... <laughs> already pried so much Whoa. by reading the diary. <laughs> you kind of flipped to you the last what? page. Uh, I won't pry any further. <laughs> you, you, it's like you read the end of a book and were like, whoa, I don't want to read this book. TMI. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. Zola left the diary on the desk, choosing not to pry any further, as her and her friends settled down for a long rest, talking about Priya Altrui, Smite's sister, and one of Zola's first friends, is perhaps a better word. Listen, when when there's only two gay kids in town, <laughs> you wind up kissing at a theater party. It doesn't mean you're soulmates. It just meant that, you know, it's good to have community around good you. Community. Absolutely. I think More everyone gays. can agree and relate to that. And that's where we are right now. Not me, though. I'm not AK. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, here we go. Less focus on romance, more focus on my level up and how we are going to destroy you. Yes. The party has now leveled up once again, uh, once they finish this long rest. Um, I'm still sleeping. Yes, you guys all have settled down. Zola, you have just finished casting recap. You guys chatted about Paddlewick for the for a bit. Um, Brigid, you're sprawled out on the red sunset-covered four-poster bed. Smite has, like, dragged some cushions nearby, so you guys are all kind of, like, hanging out around there, still and fluttering throughout the space, picking up little needles and thimbles and other shiny things to bring over as little offerings. Is there anything you guys want to do before you actually go to bed or are you guys like we're good we're just gonna rest i'm going to cast non-detection i only have two third level spell slots left mm -hmm. so i'm gonna cast it on me and on brigid because i feel like flay would scry on either brie cannon bear or on Brigid. I'm not sure if she would scry on Smite. Mm. She may not know exactly who Smite is. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So I, sorry Smite, I'm running low on juice. That's fine, no You're... one really knows who I am. I'm a shadow in the night. Yeah, so. the mask is really coming mm. in handy. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> a shadow. 
Um, <laughs> that lasts for eight hours. Perfect. Okay, so that'll be your whole long rest. Um, and Brigid, of course, you are an elf, so you're only going to trance for four hours. I think actually, like, before bed, uh, as I'm watching still and, like, pick up all the little things on the ground, um, I decide, like, I want to put my hair up and, like, because I'm just feeling very, like, you know how when you're, like, really exhausted, you're, like, messy bun? Mm-hmm. So I think Brigid's going to uh, don the messy bun right now and she's uh she's feeling a really run down and uh ready to pass out and i think that instead of transferring for four she will transfer four hours but i think she's gonna knock out and if we are able if nothing disrupts our sleeping i think she's gonna sleep for longer if possible she's gonna try and keep her eyes shut yeah Mm. hey do you need anything um i just a scrunchie yeah do you have a scrunchie yeah here cool I can wow, so it's crunchy. You've you've had them because your hair is now short. You have so many extras from when your yeah, hair was so long. I was putting my hair up. It looks cute. Though. Wow, it's got cow pattern too. You seem tired. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm a little tired. Um, and the whole dad thing that really uh just set me right over the edge. I don't yeah. know about you guys, but uh, yeah, that's really crazy I'm sorry. <sighs> yeah it's intense i never like thought about needing a dad or wanting a dad but then seeing that it's like well now i have one and i know who that is and he hates me so that's like a whole other you know like added layer <laughs> onto all the other shit happening you know like i don't know do you feel overwhelmed you're going you've gone through this whole adventure you you, you found your mom and you you have all this pressure on your shoulders and i guess we all do but sola just looks at Brigid and is nodding and you know touching her shoulder and says yeah I feel overwhelmed and then just hugs Brigid and goes to lay down <laughs> Smite just nodding nearby <laughs> I'm so fucking overwhelmed truly so overwhelmed yeah yeah there's a lot on our plates there's a lot like, on our plates it's like girl sleepover we're like hugging and like smite other's hair Smite's like yeah I'm also overwhelmed yeah uh, totally Anyways, I'm gonna uh, go to bed. Smite, you need a scrunchie. Uh, you know my hair is kind of getting shaggy, but uh, yeah, why not? It takes one and can only get one of those tiny top little toppers. <laughs> How's it look? How's it look? That looks really nice. Thanks, it's thanks. a little puffy by the ears. I tuck it in a little. Got some bumps. I always get I these little bumps. Fluff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's been so long. I had long hair for a while, but then I cut it short because oh, the did? mask. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to fit all the hair under the mask. Mm, mask know? head. Yeah. Tell yeah, me about that. Head. And as Smite starts telling me about how he used to have long hair, I pass out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it used to come down to. Oh wow! Oh, well, you're really sleeping. Oh, you're both really sleeping. Oh wow! Okay, I'll um, I guess I'll do a little first watch, um, as you guys settle down for rest. We never discuss first, second, or third watch. So it's just <laughs> it's like, like do I... I guess I'm first watch. So, <laughs> so, so, I'm so used to having elves around her for the last week that she's like, uh, someone will do it. Someone will do it. <laughs> um, somebody roll a d20 for me. Oh, good. What was this? Just a d20. Oh, an eight. Okay. Um, Should have gone with the gummy dye. Fuck. <laughs> your rest goes uninterrupted. Zola, you may roll your portents, which your dreams are filled of flashes of the future. Different rooms that you may encounter. It's a little blurry. You're not getting such a perfect idea of like what you could actually be facing, but you do see flashes of like an open pond, a long bridge, treasure, just various rooms that your mind is kind of expanding out and getting a sense of in your dreams. Um, Brigid, you have intensely emotional 
trancing going on. (laughs) Um, After you have like two hours of rest, your brain kind of comes out of, and again, elves technically like can't really sleep. So you get, you get probably the closest, um, like whenever any of us have meditated and you get to that like level, that's like almost the first level of sleep. Like you're practically falling asleep, but you're not actually asleep. Um, Brigid kind of is like coasting in that area. She dips into trances and gets flashes of, other moments in your past when you've interacted with Marfin, again, kind of replaying the friendly moments and the combative moments. One thing you notice is that Marfin has not at all attempted in any of these lives that you've met him to communicate that he has met previous lives of yours. He doesn't even seem to acknowledge it in that way. He greets you um, as always by title in any sort of trance memory, you're always having him communicate with, you know, he tries to be respectful and treats you almost as a political leader in all these lives, but he doesn't ever indicate or word any sort of previous interaction. And eventually you guys rise from your slumber. Um, Eight hours taken in this paused room where time apparently has not passed on the material plane, despite passing here. I don't know how to describe it, but my arms feel faster this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. The level up is already going to come back to (laughs) me. (sighs) Guys, I'm, I don't know. I didn't really sleep. I didn't trance that well. Uh, I'm I'm feeling a little sick. Uh, I, I feel that. Uh, You see Smite is like cracking his back, having slept on just a pile of fucking cushions all night as you guys curl up in the bed. Smite, you could have laid by our feet or something. I mean, well, I don't even know necessarily how good that would have been for my back either, and I didn't want to disrupt you guys. You guys looked comfortable, and I I was on first watch, and yeah, anyways. Do we try to find a kitchen? Maybe if we all think about it really hard. Oh, yeah. Maybe if we like, maybe that's how Marvin does it, right? He's just like, well, what do I want to go to? And he just connects to it. You True. Know? We haven't kind of tried thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, we like, haven't We haven't wished. We haven't Let's wished. wish it. Maybe Let's this wish. rich baby has like a kitchenette. Oh, shoot. I start yeah. opening all the doors. <laughs> They're hot plate in here. Yeah. You like start ripping over a small, like, um, like, a, like a wardrobe. You're finding a lot of really beautiful beautiful clothing like really high quality um does anything can does anything fit brigid um yeah honestly <laughs> would it be weird if we found marfin and you're in his child's clothing <laughs> is that invasive what if this kid's dead so i goes what and you see he's already got like one of the suit jackets on this looks right, good but if we see marfin coming we, we throw them off you see he, he like stretches his arms forward kind of seeing if it fits and you hear like a ripping noise he goes yeah you know what honestly we probably should just leave the clothes here <laughs> i put on a little beret <laughs> i take it a, good. i take like a nice silken scarf it looked this is from your it's like you from your study abroad. Everyone studies abroad and comes home with like eighteen pashminas. <laughs> I studied abroad in, in another plane. <laughs> <laughs> and all I got was this beret. Uh, as you guys kind of sift through here, you do you know, you find again that huge open closet. You find lots of gorgeous clothes and lots of like fabrics, little areas for storage of that. Um, no hot plate, unfortunately. This room probably Whoever lived here at the time probably had a good, you know, understanding of the manor and was able to, like, open the door and find the kitchen mm-hmm, rather mm-hmm, than that. Mm-hmm. Is there anything... Okay, this person was connected with Marfin, obviously, is Marfin's child. Is there anything that we think it would be good for us to, like, take with us so we have something, like, connected to Marfin? 
I don't know. I'm just trying to think if maybe something that could help. Maybe if we find Marfin and he's in just like a state of not like knowing who he is or where yeah. he is, something from this room can ground him. Is there oh. like any besides the giant portrait? Are there any like small pictures of this person? Maybe you see that like similar to anybody who's worked with textiles in any sort of capacity, there is a little pin cushion that does seem to be kind of shaped like Marfin's head. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> you pluck that and you toss it in your bag and Smite goes, it's, it's a good idea for us to have anything. If he is in some sort of distressed state, perhaps having some pieces we can show him to bring him back would be helpful. Right. Okay. And I have my new scarf, so. Yeah, it looks great on you, by the <laughs> and way. And my hat. I mean, and my sword. So, we're so fashionable <laughs> when we walk not into the. Gonna recognize us. All right, focus up. Focus up. Our goals. Should we choose to accept them? Find NP. Yes. Find, Find the crown. Find. Yes. Fuck off from Flay. Save Marfin. We're all agreed then. Save save the world. Seems easy. I mean, that's three that's things. Smart. Yeah, that's next to do. What's list. our yeah? What's your timeline? I know that you. Oh, yeah. I Well, I kind of just, like, go over everything with them on, like, uh, that. I mean, today is harvest peak, right? Technically, but you, time hasn't passed outside. Oh, so, time hasn't passed outside. Um, so you technically still have peak. a day. But that is, again, assuming that you manage to, one, pass through enough rooms where time isn't moving in the wrong direction. Tomorrow, if tomorrow happens, when tomorrow happens, is when Arjahan is going to start marching on Everholm. But I mean, we've got a second after that, unless they have some kind of wild teleportation magic that I don't know about. They can't teleport the city. Well. Yeah. Let's just get out of here. Let's just go. Yeah. Next room. Again, I, I think we think about that tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. We've got <laughs> three things. Tomorrow. Three things to do. That's Let's handle that first. That's a short enough to-do list. One day at a time. One day at a time. You guys return to the door. I guess one of you roll a D100. All right, we, we roll one each. Together. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm trying to divide and conquer Thank you. Thank you. I like my special guy. Think about a kitchen. I could really use some breakfast. Eight, eight. The door opens without issue, and you stumble out into an alley, clean in comparison to Aurelia, with a few supply boxes and trash receptacles that have been bolted down. You look behind you and see the door you have entered through is labeled staff only, an attempt to disguise Marfin's entry as a part of this building's business. Buildings. Business. This must be a city, but where? Turning away from the door, you look out and recognize an open deck, though far bigger than the average boat, with massive pillar-like mass rising above it all. Open sky extends in all directions around you, a strong gust filling the city block-sized sails that bear a sigil, the silhouette of a bird surrounded by dots that you realize, Brigid, are meant to represent murmurations, the patterns that a flock of birds fly in. Countless bird folk, some eagle or hawk or sparrow, some birds of paradise, all going about their day. Some are hard at work keeping this gargantuan ship in the sky, while others are ensuring that any sort of goods that are being transported have sufficient assistance to withstand the winds. Some walk the city streets, others fly above. You see several structures are even dedicated to cultivating seeds and other sort of bird foods. You are on some sort of massive flying airship city. Whoa. A whole civilization built atop of this floating 
boat you assume um and you look around and again like as you guys have entered the sounds of the city are filling your ears squawks tweets various different like bird noises you notice that this looks to be entirely populated by these bird folk there doesn't seem to be like any other types of humanoids and they haven't seen you yet because you're in this alley but you know it's only a matter of time before someone overhead or outside the alley notices you what would you like to do huh I think I'm going to be sick. <laughs> Does anyone else feel like the ground is moving underneath <laughs> them? And you do feel that there is a slight wind, even though you're kind of sheltered by whatever these buildings are around you. Yeah. There is an unsettled nature. And I think that as you guys look up at the sky, you feel that sort of seasickness feeling. Like there's an ever so slight movement in this city from it being clearly on the move throughout the sky. Whoa. Uh, can I do a history check to see if I know about this place? Absolutely. Ooh, right. me too. Yeah, everyone can roll a history check. Nice call. 24. 14. Zola, you think of the surroundings, the beauty, the strangeness. You're definitely not on the material plane. There's something about this place that seems vaguely familiar. And as you look up and out of this alley towards the sky, towards the mass you feel connected to an element once more. This one, wind, air. You are on the plane of air. This is one of the four elemental planes that make up the elemental chaos around this space. And you recall from your readings, as it starts kind of flooding back to you, piece it all together, this is the city of Ornithurn. It is run by the flightless king. And it is a city of Arakakra who have lived here since probably the dawn of existence, living in this city, going about their days. Perhaps you would have maybe noticed this in an Ambledorth almanac. This is where one of the biggest postal centers of, like, the plains are. We've made jokes in the past that, like, Arakakra are, like, the postmen of Fayfall. This is kind of where that all originated from. This is a, a very very much oriented around like message delivery and trade sort of city. You remember all that. And I think that when you kind of bring that up, Brigid, that reminds you, you, you know about the elemental plane because you are connected to it yourself through the plane of fire. And this plane of air, though different than fire, fuels fire. And so you feel that connection a little deeper. Can I check the watch? This plane, time is moving uh, much faster than the material plane. Similar to when you were in the plane of fire, it looks like the elemental planes are on like a rapid fire scale. So everything. time is like very slowly ticking by yes. at home. But okay, got it. Cool. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, my time in the last elemental plane was not great. So mm. maybe we can just suss this out real quick and then move on if there's nothing here for us. Yeah. That sounds good to me. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'm um, worried that if they see us and we're different, they'll try and attack us or something. Yeah, do you think they're going to be pissed that we don't have wings? But, like, does their king not have wings? Huh. He's flightless, so maybe he's just a flamingo or something. Oh! Stilton! Huh. We can send Stilton out to look at this yeah. for us. Oh, check it out. <laughs> I, it. I, I was like, yeah, that's funny. I heard Noah <laughs> say shit. I was like... <laughs> Oh yeah, we, have a bird. we do have a bird. Okay, I will um, bird, I'm a bird. raise my <laughs> arm and let Stilton fly out. Go check it out, buddy. Do oh. like a you know a lap. 
soars into the sky. Do you warg into yeah. Stilton? Yeah. <laughs> I fall. <laughs> you fall. Whoa! I, I trust Sketchy. I always trust fall, even though I don't have to when I warg, because I think it's funny. Jesus, no! Solo will never tell well, again. anyone that she doesn't have to do that. And me and Smite, I'm, seems, I'm, we're both just holding you, like, so. Seems like such a disadvantage for the spell that you have to fall every time. You, like, you like lose control of your I, don't, I actually don't think that you have to fall. You I know. feel like you must. Why no, would someone do that? No. <laughs> trust me. I know. <laughs> Through the eyes of this raven, you fly into the open sky, and again, you see this massive warship, easily the size, I mean, double, maybe triple the size of Drifton we're talking about. This is huge, many, many sails throughout it, almost like guard towers working to ensure that this is moving forward. You look towards the stern of the ship, and you see massive propeller-like fans kind of Low, like slightly pushing you guys forward, maintaining the momentum whenever the wind shifts, as it very quickly does. You feel still and kind of get, huh, pulled as a gust hits him. He has to like flutter to stay in place as he soars through, seeing the various bird folk of this city, some flying, some walking as they go about their day. Many people trading, bringing in goods from various other planes and even the material plane as you spot some uh, some familiar looking like charcuterie and stuff like that. Things from like your region. Do I only see Arakakura or their Kenku too? There are Kenku here but you see them like running a lot of shops and stuff like that in general it's like predominantly aarakocra there's there's a few of them peppered throughout it and as stilton kind of flies around a little bit more keeping to the border of that like a hundred foot radius you have um you see massive thick ropes easily like like more than foot like easily a tree yeah exactly like a tree trunk thickness of these massive woven ropes that connect the rigging of this ship in the center rising from the main mast is a beautiful castle made of white stone with a number of spires that look are, are kind of at different levels posts with where various air cocker are like perched looking out keeping an eye in the sky can you give me a stealth check for stilton yes these air cocker guards rolled a 24 on their perception check i'll say if you hit a nat 20 it will have a re-roll because okay. unfortunately i don't know if with a plus two you'll beat a 24 perception so nat, nat 20, 20. Let's do a fucking re-roll. Holy and the shit. gummy die. Dylan does die. like a little like turn on the wind and just like shows his white underbelly, just like reflects the sun and dazzles for a second. Yes, blending in with the clouds and sun above. We re-roll. The gummy die is so... Okay, tell me what you got. Oh my God, it was going to be another nat 20 for a second, but it's a 16. They rolled a nine this time. <gasps> wowie zowie. Still manages to pull in an angle just enough as they kind of look through the sky. They miss him, even with their sharp eagle eyes. The raven familiar can do mimicry. And so I think Stilton makes like a little aracocker noise and kind of like blends for a second into like a distant flock. Briefly speaking, Orin, the, the language of the aracocra through a few squawks. Ha! Ha ha! Uh, one of the air cocker, hearing that, looks to another next to them and goes, ha, ha, ha. And, and like if you were watching this, there'd be like a subtitle that says like, what did you say about my mother? Uh, as still in peels off and goes to head back towards the alley, which you see is nestled amongst a number of various like residential buildings here in the outer districts of this warship city. 
Guys, Stilton's crushing this right now. <laughs> Just sailing around, enjoying himself at this point. Is there anything you guys want to do? I'm, I'm going to say that Smite has taken up a position at the end of the alley behind some crates to kind of keep watch as you see guards like landing down, escorting postmen to and fro. I mean... I'm still holding Zola. <laughs> yeah. I think I'll, I'll come out now that Stilton has kind of seen most things. Do you think that these people know Marfin? I guess my wonder is if they're allies of Marfin, then they might be interested in the fact that he's missing and be able to help us in some way. Or perhaps they're enemies of Marfin and they will seize us the second we say his name. It's always yeah. hard to know with this guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> he, he leaves a lot of places both on really good terms and really bad terms. Yeah. When we got here, you said that there was like a door to his shop. When you, the door behind you that you guys closed right. is labeled staff only. To like disguise oh, okay. the entrance. Understood. Okay, cool. So it's not actually a Marfin's Magnificent. No, you actually don't see. Like, I'll say that Stilton confirms that in his flyby, there was no Marfin's here. Yeah. Perhaps, and I think that Zola is pointing that out. It's like a shipping facility. Yeah, maybe. like yeah. this is the kind of place where he maybe comes to make some trades, whether it's shipping out or mm -hmm. receiving. This might be like <gasps> his sort of mailroom. <laughs> maybe we could ask them the last time that they saw him. Yeah, definitely. You know, maybe we could just come through and say we're looking for Marfin when was the last time that he did business here yeah okay that's fair yeah we can find someone do we want to go to a guard or do we want to go to like just somebody in a marketplace we can find like a like a bird X or like the main mm, post bird X yeah, yeah like bird X. X let's go find bird X yeah <laughs> yeah alright uh, everybody I guess can I um, can Mike can you make me invisible I just kind of want to hang back and yeah yeah sure um uh, reaches a hand out for you. You take it, and the pigment fades. Just in um, case, you know. Yeah, good to have somebody who's got, you know, an, an, a little advantage in case we get into trouble. Are you ready, Zola? Yes. All right. You guys walk out of this alley into this vast open plaza area that is again it is just the main deck of a ship um with all these air cocker rushing around they all, some of them are wearing like beautiful white tunics and like others are wearing travel gears a few of course are wearing like a postman's bag and a little hat um <laughs> smite look friendly <laughs> smite un uncrosses his arms right 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 so <laughs> blasters a fake <laughs> smile on her face <laughs> smite as well waving people definitely are stopping and staring as you guys walk through into the market. People, like, there's a few gas, a little murmurs and, like, some bird tweets. Oh, just traveling through. Hello. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. You guys um, approach, like, kind of enter into this marketplace where you see everything from, like, spices, freshly cooked foods, preserved things. Breakfast. Yes, you get, so, so Mike goes, um, uh, let's stop here for a second, right? There's a little cafe. I'll look for bird acts and you okay, get cool, us cool, some cool. breakfast. Um, uh, hello, excuse me, sir. Don't ask the chicken. <laughs> right, right, I, chicken for breakfast? And he, he goes up to do that as you go to bird acts. Well, someone didn't grow up on a farm. <laughs> give me a perception or investigation check, I guess, to find Bird X or whatever is the closest thing to that. Okay. Or we could, if there's not a Bird X, we could look for Bird PS. Bird PS. Yeah, this first one is just for Bird X. <laughs> I, oh, I, by the way, I decided to come with Zola. 
Yeah, you, you're invisible. Okay, yeah, yeah. so you're trailing behind invisibly. Brick it, Brick it, is that you? Yeah. Okay. I grab, I grab very. This is more important than the breakfast thing. Oh. I rolled a thirteen on investigation, but maybe Brigid could help me. Do you see any kind of like somewhere that carries stamps or like packages? Yeah, I'll roll for that. Okay, perception or investigation. That is a twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. It does not take long. Though, Zola, a few it's times you get a little distracted by the wonders of this bird city. Or um, smite with the breakfast. <laughs> your stomach <laughs> gurgling loudly. Um, I put at, some almonds in your hand. <laughs> uh, Brigid tugs this you bird along. bird feed? <laughs> Brigid gives you a handful of seeds. I fucking miss bacon. <laughs> um, as you guys turn out of the market and see a large beautiful honestly it kind of looks it's like a fusion of the nautical nature of a warship with the brutalist nature of some sort of post building like the fdr post building in manhattan um you see above it it is um labeled ornithurnian post and then below it bird x uh, <laughs> and also bird x outpost a, a bird x company is what it says below <laughs> unacceptable um as you guys approach brigand invisible zola you leading the way you see that there are a number of silver armored aarakocra all of their armor has like almost like a feathered texture to it like cool. it was crafted to look like their own feathers and they all wear these kind of domed pointed helmets that as you approach two of them <laughs> cross their blades in front of the door hello gents ha, 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 ha. do any of you speak common i speak common i don't know why he assumed you would speak bird how can i, I help you humanoid would love to pick up a few phrases while i'm here but um i'm interested in Shipping something? Well, you've come to the right place. Can you present your shipping license? Oh, no. Can I apply quickly? The two of them look to each other. Is there a one-time application, maybe? Like a fee for one-time use? I'm just passing through, really. Um, all shipping must be done with a license. Amazing. I would love to apply. Is it just a round through to the office? Yes, there is an office for application in there, but just so you know, you will not be able to send something today. It has to be processed and brought before the um, flightless king. Yeah, and you, can I pay like an ex- expedite fee or? You can speak to the manager inside about that. Amazing. I, yes. Thanks so much. By the way, how how far do you guys ship? You know, you ship to the material plane or other planes? Or just oh, yes. Plane? We ship all over the multiverse. Oh, and I'm just wondering because I'm really, I'm actually here kind of as a tourist. I'm very interested in finding out how it all works. I can tell. <laughs> it looks at you, the only humanoid around for like literally anywhere. Just Wearing no cow pants. Uh, <laughs> and a beret. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a tourist, if you don't. Know. <laughs> I've got my necklace. Like, I basically look like I've just been like collecting souvenirs from around Emeralia. Yeah, you're very eccentric. <laughs> um, very... Thank you. <laughs> I frown. Um, and so, when the post people they go out, mm. I'm. How do you guys do it? I mean, do you like pick up the magical signature of a person, or is it location based? Is it like if I were trying to send something to someone and I didn't know where they were, could you still get it to them? Um, yes, we have a number of means. You do have to provide um, 
if we do not have the individual or their address in our files, you just have to provide a brief description, perhaps any sort of objects that you could, that are associated with them, and we use the High Seer to um, those who might be unaccessible to us. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Are you going to head inside? <laughs> yeah, I'll head towards, towards the office. They pull their blades back as you push inside and find just the busiest like mail room you've ever seen. Birds flying to and fro. Some of them are Aarakocra. Some of them are just regular birds carrying messages. You see like, uh, I mean, you see like pigeons and uh, all sorts of different birdie folks moving through this room, uh, picking up packages, brings, there's long lines before a number of like tellers who are processing stuff. Um, you see several closed doors, offices, one of which um, looks to be labeled license processing. What are you going to do in here? Do uh, I, am I, I able to sneak in? Yeah, you're also invisible. Okay, so, I mean, like, uh, give me, give me a stealth check. You roll with advantage. We'll just see if you can. Get in without alerting anyone. A whisper over to Brigid. Do you want to split up and maybe you could try and check something out? Or do you want to just... I mean, it seems like you could become uninvisible if you wanted. I think I'm going to stay invisible. Okay. I got a, I got an 18, so I'm just going to, like, observe. Okay. Um, Zola, where are you heading? As you guys kind of dodge past Aarakocra, who, though people were definitely looking at you outside, these folks are like, they'll cast a glance at you, but they're so busy, they just ignore. They're like, whatever, just another person, just moving about. I'll knock on the licensing office. You go over. Come in. Hello. As you open the door, you see this puffy... It's, it's hard to describe a bird as portly, but it's a very, this is a very round looking pelican aerococker with a large uh, gully below it that just wobbles as it turns to look at you from behind its desk. Can I help you? Yes, I'm interested in um, acquiring a license post haste. All right, I'll need your interdimensional passport, a, a proof of, it begins to list a variety of documents ranging from any sort of identification you can provide to um, what looks like proof of address, like various things that you would need if you were shipping and handling something. Oh yeah, no, I have my birth certificate. Zola pulls out a page that she keeps in her pocket that is like <laughs> like a weird ranch piece of paper that's like, Gorgonzola Parma was born <laughs> under the harvest moon. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, it's signed Gianni Parma. Well, it looks legitimate. perfectly acceptable in the plane where I'm from. So. Uh, take some notes. You seem to be missing a number of documents, but it's no matter if you'll just, um, you have the 500 gold deposit fee. I mean, mail should be for everyone, right? <laughs> yes, it is essential that everyone gets their mail. It's a public service. It's a public service. I'll give them. I have the money. I have the money. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. I look annoyed back at uh, the door. Of, where you know, where I know Smite is somewhere with all of the money that I gave him. You um, pull out the coins. This pelican bird folk, which you see has a nameplate on her desk that says Nancy Flock, looks over her spectacles. Do you have a permit for that thing? Sorry? Points at the tusk on your back. Oh, 
I mean, it's my first time in the city, so really no one has explained anything to me mm, yet. Just takes another note and <laughs> keeps taking more notes. You're sitting there for about five minutes as she's like writing through paperwork and such. Hey, um, I have a question. Um, you guys know of a fella named Marfin? Picks her head up and looks at you. Yes. What about him? He's a friend of mine. Um, I haven't seen him in a while, have you? Give me a persuasion check. Okay. You are asking about a client. That's uh, true. Which is, this is private information generally. Mm, Six. Ooh, can I... Uh, There's nothing uh, invisible. uh, There's nothing you can assist with a charisma check. I'll say this. She's not offended, but she pauses for a moment. We do not discuss other clients. Yeah, Would you want course. us to tell others about the things that you may be shipping and no, eyes the sword once more? Yep, yeah, for sure. Well, I'm going to try to um, send something to him. So, you know, hopefully he'll get it. Yes, well, hopefully he will get it. What? you have an idea of when the permit will clear? It usually takes about mm, one month for a permit to clear. Mm, okay. And um, is there n- nothing I could do to move along that process? Where does this go next? Well, it is brought up to my supervisor, head of post, and then brought, of course, to the flightless king, which he's a very busy bird. You must know he may not get to it for some time. Right. Are you attempting to do any... I mean... The persuasion check you did was for that specific ask. You're welcome (laughs) to try and persuade, deceive, or intimidate in another fashion if there's something else you would like to do here. Mm. If you want to give me an insight check, that might be a good start for this moment. Not one. She is an unreadable pelican woman. There's nothing. (laughs) I mean, you can't. It's hard to read emotions. Can I do a check? Yeah, you can do an insight check. You're invisible. That is something you could observe. It's a 27. You get the sense that for the right price, perhaps there is something that could be done here. Is there no way that we could just put a stamp on it right now? Well, I mean, normally we would have a number of different processes that go into developing your packaging profile and identifying the goods that you are planning on selling and what if it's just a letter a letter hmm i mean just paper well it would i would be jeopardizing my position a little bit by doing this um you know i'd have to be that have to be the right incentive jeopardy of course can be worth it i don't have a message can i tap on zil does do you have a message mm-hmm. can i tap on you to like what? message me um, <laughs> the message out the corner of your mouth. Do you want to give her one of these Vox Seekers? What about um, a token from my plane? A very um, interesting specimen that I don't think you would find in a place like this. Well, I'm more than happy to review some sort of parcel that you are looking to... Yeah, why don't we send it through customs real quick? I stick my hand behind me and wiggle it for friggin'. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You I, hand over a box. I put the, one of the boxes, one of the three that I have in her hand. Ah, it was in my pocket. Where did you get that? She immediately my looks pocket. like she recognizes it. That is property of the flightless king. What? Really? You look at it. 
very, very small insignia at the bottom. Property um, of the flightless cross gate. wings. <laughs> um, and it just says, there's some characters there that you can't read right now, but might say something similar to that. Oh, interesting. Well, I mean... <laughs> I say those are for his specific... Specific errands of the flightless king. Where did you get that? Who are you? Oh, these can run errands. She narrows her eyes. You see her her birdie arm reaching underneath the table. Oh well, seems like I've got something you want, and um, I'll just sketch that letter real quick. Give me another persuasion check. You can roll with advantage this time. I'm, I'm getting nervous. My belly hurts. Hmm. I rolled not so good, so I will use my portent of 15, which will make it a 14. She hesitates, hand under the desk. Oh, I maybe I could... I might be able to maybe dig up another one? Uh, uh, I give a second one. You hand over a second box seeker. Look you have two? Where did you get these? No, I just found them. On the material plane. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of crazy stuff down there. I think it all just kind of might, might fall. She reaches a hand out towards you. Here you go. She takes them. Well, this is quite, quite interesting. Um, what was the letter you were looking to send? <clears throat> the pencil. Of course. Pulls out um, a number two Ticonderoga and hands it over to you. Oh my god. <laughs> mm, okay. One moment, I turn my back to her and kind of like start writing on my knee, and I will message Brigid. Um, just kind of like pointing into the <laughs> just end under, you're like under your. Here's what I was thinking, but let me know if you have a different idea. Yeah. Maybe we could try and get back to like, what about Mister's ruins or something? Like, maybe we can send him a rally point. Yeah, it seems very random wherever we get to go. So trying to find a rally point doesn't. Maybe, is there a way we can, um, you can write something arbitrary on the letter, and then if I need to locate it again, I can try and locate it? Oh, that's true, because if we give him the letter, then yeah. we could locate object on the letter. I guess? That's it. Marfin. We're coming for you. We're coming for you. Uh, I know you said not to, but too bad. I know you said not to, but too bad. Also... We found out how old you are, lol. You are so old. <laughs> you are so old. <laughs> I, I can't believe you didn't tell me you knew me in, in many of my past incarnations. Brigid is feeling strongly about the fact that you know her past incarnations. And um, did you know who my dad was? Because that's really what's fucking me up right now. There's also some stuff you about just her dad. Erase that, erase that. <laughs> I, I scratch it out. You know, this is an office. It's not exactly... You should have written the letter before moment, you got here. One moment. <laughs> Thanks again for the pencil. <sighs> Don't wear it down. You're okay. Keep this letter in your pocket. And I underscore that a bunch of times. Yeah. Okay. okay. Heart, I still think you're cool. Smiley face, Zola. Oh my Your apprentice, God. Zola. You fold that up, um, and you see that she, like, you turn and she provides you an envelope. You need something uh, of his? Marfin is one of our priority clientele, so we have generally good access to his facilities, if necessary. Great. 
Okay. Post taste. You should just ask her if, if she likes him. You like you like him? <laughs> she again looks up from her papers. He's very handsome. Yes, I suppose he is. I am for a human. A bird person. I'm a big pelican woman, but yes, he is a I don't judge. Okay, thank you so much for your help. No, not like like like. Like just like what do you think? <laughs> yeah, what do you th- what do you think about him? Do you give me a perception check? Oh fuck. 13. Is it based on sight? Uh no, this is based on hearing. Uh, 13. You both got 13s. Okay. I rolled a three. What'd you roll? I rolled an eight. Nice. Okay. So you don't hear this until like the last moment. Zola! Bring it! What the hell? Thank you so much for your time. Here's a tip. I only find another piece of gold. Can I? uh... Very odd, folks. As you guys are turning towards the sound, the door rips open smite is standing there he looks a little disheveled he's got several baggies we gotta go okay <laughs> stop I right there stop running. <laughs> oh running in blocking the exit from this building are a dozen of these bird folk guards smite. i need everyone to roll initiative it wasn't my fault. They tried to overcharge me because I'm a tourist. I'm doing business here. This is the money of the people. I can't be spending this. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> Six. It was my money first. Just pay whatever they want you to pay. First up in initiative is actually going to be Smite, who goes, which one of you wants to go? Go where? i got to get us out of here, but I can only take one. What? Take Brigid. Grabs what? you, Brigid, and the two of you <laughs> dimension door and reappear onto the main deck several people getting shoved backwards a bunch of people begin to gasp and point guards nearby begin to turn towards you smite goes we gotta just go back to the door we gotta go back to the door look i i should have been nicer but also you know did you at least get breakfast yes i got tons of breakfast they were just calling back 500 feet away (laughs) um next up in initiative is actually going to be the birdie guards my friends (laughs) okay birdie Um, guards the birdie guards since there are a dozen of them, six of them pull out bows as six others move forward towards you. I don't know that guy. Uh, give me a deception check. <laughs> I just came out because I heard yelling. <laughs> six. <laughs> hands up! Hands up! You see the, the guard outside who let you in goes, I trusted you. What? Did I, you? <laughs> I let you in. I didn't have to do that. Oh, well, I guess... That's like a little bit of trouble. She didn't do anything. She didn't do anything. (laughs) Are you submitting to them? Are you like signaling that you're going to (laughs) submit? I mean, Zola kind of like, Zola has her arms up in a shrug. (laughs) So two of them are going to come over and try and grapple you. Okay. Um, Stop. Okay. uh, You can oppose this if you want. Yes, I will. (laughs) 29. Okay. Give me two other athletic checks. As these first two come over and grab your arms, you like shove one off. Another <laughs> one tries to like Oi. tackle you from behind and you just like headbutt him in the head and he falls backwards. <laughs> they're like birds, so they're really light. <laughs> Their bones are, my bones, they're so, they're so hollow. Hello. Um, two 19s. You literally, another guy like runs forward, wings outspread, talons hook onto your shoulder. You just grab them. I just them. gave you guys 500 gold. <laughs> and slam him down as another tackles you. The two of you roll over um, him on top and 
and you suddenly just kick him in the stomach and he flies off spiraling out as Stilton comes over and gets in the face of another. You managed to block all of those grapples. They rolled so bad. I had them all just three people rolling with advantage. Not one of them could beat you. Um, uh, now um, the other ones out here are going to pull up their javelins and make some tosses. <laughs> this is good. Oh my god, I have literally not rolled above 15. You have to insist on a refund. <laughs> okay, um, the highest I get here, I got two 16s. I'll shield them. You dodge three javelins. Another one you catch and you look back at them as two others are still coming towards your chest and you have to like toss up your other arm to blast them off, sending them spiraling out. Grabbing the javelins and snapping them <laughs> over my knee and throwing them behind me. I Call for it. backup! Call for backup! I must insist on a refund catches a javelin. <laughs> That is actually going to be Brigid's turn. Brigid, you are outside. You are 500 feet away. The bank is far in the distance. You're at the edge of the market, probably about 120 feet from the alley you guys came in. I'm also invisible, right? You are indeed, because you haven't used any sort of spells or anything. Right, so, uh, Smite, go back to the door. Wait there. We'll be there soon. Are you sure? Just hide. Just hide. I want (laughs) to, I want to, like, see in the market if there's, like, a big kiosk or something. I want to pretend like this is not happening. (laughs) I'm going to pretend that this is not happening and I want to walk over to someone else in the market and uh, like someone who looks like the like a main, uh, you know, person who sells things there, like maybe a bigger tent or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want to be like, hey, you know, Marvin. (laughs) You're going to come out of invisibility. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You flicker into reality. I guess give me a stealth check to see if you draw attention from doing that. I just want to I'll hide behind something and like pop out. Okay. Give me a stealth check. That'll be I'll say that's your like movement in action here. Okay. Or that'll be your movement and bonus action. Okay. That's an eight. Um, you flicker in a number of gas, like people calling and chirping at each other as you kind of casually try and stroll through and you approach the front desk. You see a Kenku looks up at you, big black eyes wide in fear as this elf has just faded into reality. You lean on the front desk and look over. Do I need to cast speak with animals in order to communicate with this person? Um, no, actually Kenku are based in mimicry. So they've absorbed a lot of language in their, in most of their lives. What do you say to this seller? Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> just I come say, over and lean. Come out of invisibility. Hi. Lean on the desk. Javelins. Hi. <laughs> hi. How are you? Call the gods. We're under attack. Just <laughs> echoing in the distance. <laughs> good. How are you? I'm good. Um, listen, just a quick question. Do you know Marfin? And I do my best Marfin impression. And I, I stand up like, oh, oh I'm, Marfin. I'm Marfin. Marfin. Oh, see, yes. You you understand what I'm trying to say? Of course. Um. Okay. When was the last time you saw Marfin? Um, I'll have this creature roll. Give me, actually, you know what? Give me a luck check. So let's see if this creature has met Marfin. Marfin comes around, so maybe he's visited. <laughs> like I said, main seller. Uh, 16. 16, that's actually, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. It just needed to be over 10. You see that this <laughs> Kenku thinks for a moment and goes, ah, been quite some time. It's been quite some time since you've seen him. Long ago. And you think Whose about... Whose voice was that? You think about the... <laughs> my uncle's voice? <laughs> um, you think about the fact that time moves faster here. So Marfin's visits might not be... They might be like every few years almost. But it seems like this Kenku does know who Marfin is, has seen him, and he goes, you know, 
I did get to see a quickling come through here not too long ago. She said that we need to end all of our shipments. The last time you saw Barfid, what did he look like? Beard? Long hair? As they go to answer, we are going to move in initiative to now Zola. <laughs> Zola, you are swarmed with air cover guards. <laughs> the post people are freaking out. They're running around, lots of squawking. It is, it is a madhouse. What would you like to do? I will bonus action misty step onto the other side of like the swarm. Like close to the door essentially, right? Yes, exactly. You, do you disappear and, and reappear? And then I'll disengage and start running <laughs> towards the door. Hoofing it, you push through the doors. Thanks for your business. My best friend Marfin is going to be really upset about how I was treated. <laughs> <laughs> Give me an intimidation check. <laughs> 16. You hear um, a few a few squawks back and forth, some confused. You could definitely tell by the intonation that gave them pause. That is your full turn as you rush out into the market. Give me I'm a perception check. I'm a squawk check. review. <laughs> uh, give me a perception check to see if you can find your friends. Sight, right? That's right. 19. 19. You at least understand the direction in which you guys came from, which was, again, the stern of the ship where the closer to the massive propellers. You spot them and you start hoofing it that way. Is Brigid shopping? <laughs> you look around, you do see Brigid talking to a Kenku like a few hundred feet away. Good for her. She needs a break. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, sorry, I'm not next in initiative. Anyway. No, unfortunately not. Smite is next in initiative. Fuck Smite's turn. Fuck Smite's turn. Um, Smite, uh, yeah, I mean, he is. Open the door, open the door. He full dashes <laughs> and then misty steps to get essentially 90 feet on his turn. He is 30 feet from the door. He like literally skids in front of the alley. Um, it goes over here. And then runs toward the door. That is his turn. It is now all of her birdie friends' turn. All of them are, of course, going to be taking the dash action to rush out of the bank. They, some of them take flight. Others, again, take position. Um, the two groups kind of switch. The six that attacked you pull out their javelins while the other six pull their swords out and take flight, um, sailing through the sky towards you. They can move very, very fast. I figured. I only moved 60 feet my last turn, so. Their fly speed is 50 feet. So they do catch up to you and begin to like land around you, drawing blades, but they use yes, their action to dash. Stand down. We're taking you to the flightless king. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Bring it, it is your turn. I have somewhere to be. <laughs> um, you ask that question and you see the Kenku goes, wait, and I put four gold pieces on the table. <laughs> He looks at the gold pieces, looks up at Zola in the distance, screaming and running from a crazy number of guards. Um, saw that you came out of invisibility. I move to like block it a little bit and say, so what do you look like? A nice full beard, long, long hair, very handsome. Okay, last thing, last thing. Do we like him? Is he a good person? Do people here like him? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Wing up, wing down. <laughs> Takes a, a winged hand, looks at it, and kind of gives you a, like, slightly above middling thumbs up. <laughs> okay. Some have bad business. Ah, okay. Well, uh, you look great today, and thank you, and do not call any more guards goodbye. And Give I me a run. persuasion check as you turn and bolt. <laughs> you look great today. We're doing well here. This uh, is an insane episode. Persuasion? Dirty 20. Dirty 20. He watches you go in his hand. 
slowly pulls the coins back behind the desk. And then I want to I want to cast a spell on the guards that are surrounding my friends. I'm gonna say that like the time it took for you to talk, have this interaction, and bolt, you can maybe have a bonus action, but a full action, uh, you you may not have the time to do that in this. I'll turn. take it. Um <laughs> Summon fire. <laughs> so it's like distracting, and everyone starts freaking out because Pyre's like a fox spirit. Literally so the all most these birds. It's <laughs> <laughs> just birds panicking. Panic. You see a chicken so I, <laughs> just scrambling away. I say, You look great today. Please calling no more guards, okay? I turn around and I wisp her up and out of my ear and like out of fire in my hand. She appears and everyone starts flipping out. Indeed. Uh, what do you give any command that you want to tell her? Is she um, just like kind of distraction? A fiery teleport, um, fiery teleport closer to the door. Yeah, I mean, she can take you 30 extra feet, I think. I mean, I'll allow that in the same turn. You summon, and the two of you, in a burst of flame, disappear as the screams begin to spread throughout <laughs> the city. Panic is growing like the fires that you conjure as you all begin to head towards the door. We are now going to go back to Zola's turn. Zola, I'm going to tell you right now, you got probably a few hundred feet to get to that alley. Okay, I will... Still in swirling around your head, kind of trying to block some of the people from attacking you, distract them. Why are you betraying us? You're one of us! I'll cast Expeditious Retreat on myself, and Ooh. then I will dash. That's another 90 feet, I believe, because it's movement, action, dash, and then as casting Expeditious Retreat, you still get to use that movement. Yes, as a bonus when action. you cast this spell, you can take the dash action. So that means you zip off as they begin to land. There are going to be some opportunity attacks as you push through. That's fine. Um, and by some, I mean a lot. First one is going to be a 21. Shield is down at this point. Shield is down. A Can I wait and see how many of them hit sure. before I decide to shield or not? 21 would hit me, 21 even with my hit. shield. Two of them are going to, um, working together, try and grapple you. Give me um, two athletics checks. First one is a 22. You grab the guy by the wings. He looks at you panicked as you push him back, knocking over him and the other one. They roll away as and the others. Pull, yeah, easily knocking away both of them. They rolled embarrassingly <laughs> low. Um, that is... Feeling really good after my rest. Um, feeling stronger than ever, you push through, but are also going to be hit by five of them. So I'll shield. With shield, you block two of the five, so three hits on you, Okay. two of which are actually nat 20s. Whoa. Oh, damn. I'm going to lose my concentration probably. Maybe, maybe, because I believe it's a roll per hit, right? Yes. Okay, so I will roll them one at a time, and we'll have you roll those con saves. Eight on the first hit, so that's a DC 10 con save. Okay, I can't fail that because I have plus nine. Okay, so first one, automatically success. Next one, another con save DC 10, so you don't fail that. 14 damage, so again, it's a DC 10. There, uh, You can't fail that. Wow, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, I did forget to roll a D6 for one of those crits, so 29 total damage. As they slash forward with their blades, you push through, taking some cuts, but ignoring the pain, your orcish blood pumping in your veins as you charge through. Now it is going to be um, Smite's turn. Smite is at the door and is waiting for you guys. They're critting on me. <laughs> 
What? No! The worst kind of hit! That is going to be the bird's turns. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna just quickly. Oh yeah, that was just their opportunity attack. That was their attacks. opportunity attack. That's attacks. so rude. That's so rude. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna roll I'm gonna roll six attacks, and then I'm gonna need you to roll. I'll do all the con saves. Um we'll, we'll start with athletic checks. Because okay. six of them are gonna dogpile on you once more. Okay, so six athletic checks. Six athletic okay. checks. I'll do three first and then another three. Okay, nat 20 for the first one. You win. 29 you win. for the second one. And then 17 on the last one. Last one's a little bit tougher, but you manage to toss them all off as they begin to dog pile or bird pile Three upon you. More. Nat 20 again. Wow. Uh, 19. Wow, that one was really close that time. The last one is a 13. Finally, one of them manages to get both of their birdie talent arms around your throat. It's and you a go, puny Bleh! one. It's, this it's small a puny scene. one, right? It's this little hummingbird one <laughs> that's like buzzing behind you. I got you. <laughs> Jesus, I'm trying to send a letter. <laughs> um, and now all of the other six um, are going to roll with advantage on their attacks. What the hell? First one is going to be a dirty 20 to hit. You did shield, though, so that's still up, correct? Yeah. So first one doesn't hit. Second one doesn't hit. Third one does hit um, with a natural 17 plus 4 is 21, so that's your AC. You take four damage as you are, again, sliced by one of their blades. Can't fail the con save. Can't fail the con save. Wow, um, I love my con. Yeah, and this is the perks of being a level uh, 16 <laughs> character, right? The next one is also going to hit. That is another 17 plus 4. Um, so you take an additional um, 8 damage. Again, you just can't fail these con saves. I think they'd have to crit in order for you to get anywhere close to having to fail it. Zola, annoyed by being attacked by all of these birds, but is feeling for the first time like such a strong hold on her magic. Like, oh, no one can shake these first level spells for me anymore. Oh, yeah. This is, I mean, this is so simple. It's second nature to you. You're not even really thinking about it despite concentrating on it. Even as you block one easily and another one sinks into your side, hitting you for an additional five damage, you harried through their attacks and are unfazed. You guys are being really annoying right now. Stand down, please. Seriously, <laughs> you're making us look bad. <laughs> <laughs> that is going to be their turn. It is now Brigid's turn. Brigid, you are, um, I would say, probably like 60 feet from the alley. I'm waving at Brigid. Hello. <laughs> you look back Hello. and then you look forward towards Smite, who's leaning around the corner. They're going to be fine. Just come on. Come on. <laughs> Look at them, they got this. Azola punches one in the face absentmindedly. I'm just laying on the ground, but still punching birds. <laughs> <laughs> just swarmed. Oh, God. Me. Can I uh, cast Gust on the hummingbird <gasps> to get away from uh, Zola? Uh, what is the language of Gust? Well, uh, I seize the air and compel it to create one of the following effects. One medium or smaller creature that I choose must succeed a strength saving throw or be pushed five feet away. Using wind on the birds, so rude. They're hollow bones. Exactly. Strength save? Yeah. What's your save? 18. Ooh. Natural 17, but they add nothing to strength. Oh. God damn it. <laughs> I've got what? This is flown off. Oh, okay. did I do I don't want to hurt you. Please get away. <laughs> as you um, begin and you turn, use your movement, you run towards the alley as well. Um, that is your turn, unless you want Pyre to do something with your bonus action. Um, I want Pyre to ready a flame seed if they do not get away. Pyre turns and 
gets to hawk a little <laughs> loogie um, <laughs> as you head towards the door. Fire's nasty now. <laughs> <laughs> nasty. Uh, that is going to be now Zola's turn. Zola, I'll tell you this right now. They're going to get a bunch of opportunity attacks if you try and push away, but you do think that you could perhaps get away from them. I'll just uh, I'll just dash again since I have uh, Expeditions Retreat up. I'll just take the opportunity attacks. <laughs> okay, here we go. Another um, six attempts to grapple you. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so... They're so annoying. <laughs> 28. That's a success. 22. Success. 17. Success. That one's much closer. Three more. You're just tossing bows. You're like an intense <laughs> goalie. Uh, 29. Yep. 24. Yep. The last one is a 15. Oh my god, they rolled a 14. Oh. Fuck, I really thought I had you when you were giving me that look. I was like, oh yeah. One when you give me that look, when you give me that I look. I have a plus 12 to all my athletic rolls. So. Yes, they are definitely at the disadvantage here. They're a numbers game, clearly. One of them gets really close again. The hummingbird zips back and goes, you're not gonna get away. You get it in the throat. This is just like when the kids in Paddlewick would let me play football with them and then the whole team would try to tackle me. <laughs> just like when you play football. Still and looks at you with sad eyes. Uh, <laughs> still gets nostalgic. Because it's just like tackles all the ball. Aww. <laughs> um, you get away from uh, the grapples, which means they do not get advantage on you as they, um, the last six are going to like hurl more javelins at you. Um, Please, it seems unfair how many attacks <laughs> I have taken. I, I am... <laughs> running, but my eyes are just focused in on Smite. So angry. <laughs> he looks at you and mouths, I'm sorry. Have a sausage, egg, and cheese ready to put in my mouth when I catch up to He you. waves the bag. <laughs> um, is that an Aurelian muffin? <laughs> <laughs> Still in flies forward to go retrieve for you. Um, okay, um, first attack is an 18. Uh, I don't know if I should keep shielding. I'm going to tell you right now. I'll talk to you. Know, I'm going to tell you all the rolls. First one's an 18. Second one is a 22, 24, 24, 14, and then 9. Ooh, so I honestly, shield. Yeah, yeah, shield is Because I would only block here. one. Let me quickly roll the dammies. Damn. Mies. It's okay, guys. I got a lot of hit points now. I'm going to be okay. <laughs> Five damage on the first attack. Okay. Six on the second. Okay. Ten. On the next one. Okay. Again, just insane that you have such a high con save. What a brilliant... I mean, if you get Warcaster, it's over for me. <laughs> um, and then this is the last one. So the last crit. Roll terrible on the damage. That is only going to be um, five damage on the last one. Okay, so it's 26 damage total. You just got me under 100. You barely feeling anything just a, it's almost just like tiny paper cuts you're ignoring the pain even i took 64 damage in this city <laughs> like you really fucked me up, up. <laughs> level five zola would be dead dead several times over oh my God. as you charge through i hated it here i hated it so much i can't believe i spent 500 gold on this <laughs> Oh my god, what a brutal So you pay brutal. a lot for like a, what you think is going to be a really nice vacation and it turns out to absolutely suck. <laughs> you go to Mexico and you get like absolutely stomach sick the whole time. You break your toe. <laughs> 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 
Brigid, you are up. You are close to the door. You see Smite mouthing, I'm sorry to Zola as you guys watch as she is swarmed by birds. I kind of laugh at this. this is, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, like, I'm deliriously like <laughs> burned out. I'm just like, well, burned you gotta out. laugh or else you'll cry, right? <laughs> um, I... Someone take a picture with their sending stone. <laughs> Smite slowly raises a sending stone and hits record. <laughs> I'm gonna live stream this. <laughs> Please make sure play doesn't follow you. <laughs> oh shit, she does! No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> we just blow up everything we've built in this world. From a live stream? <laughs> just... So I'd like to put up a wall of fire Ooh. between uh, in the alleyway, like after Zola. So Zola and Smite are on one side of the wall of fire. You look into the distance, your eyes flare, and a wall of flames nice. surges in front of them. They can fly. They were not like 100 feet flying in the air because it costs movement to get higher. They were above the ground, like zooming towards Zola, but not like very, very high. So they will have to use movement to get over it for sure. Uh -huh. So you look, you raise this wall of flames. They have um, to make a dexterity saving throw and on a failed save, they take 5d8 fire damage. Okay. Yes. All, right, all of them have to roll. Two out of 12 of them succeed and take half damage. So it's 20 damage total. Ooh. Oh man, so the other ones take 10. Yep. I had doubled these guys' hit points because I knew that they would not survive. If and you guys, they have three hit points left. Um, as most of them are singed, you smell the smell of cooked poultry in the air. Let's uh, <laughs> oh, try not to no. burn any bridges for Marvin. <laughs> Just stay away from us, okay? Like, we're gonna go, <laughs> and you're gonna stay away. Stay. We're gonna go. That's an 18 on the die. You see, Plus like, two, dirty 20. several of them have kind of taken flight, like, kind of flying back from the flames as they've gotten scorched. Those are the ones who managed to not get hit by the majority Be of it. Be careful, because, you know, if you're flapping, you're fanning the flames. So maybe <laughs> just stop altogether. They look panicked at each other. Everyone on that side, it takes a pause as they reassess the situation. You all charging towards the door. That is now Zola's turn. Zola... You are on the other side of these flames ahead of them by many, many feet as you watch them stopping and looking at you, staring angrily, confused, trying to assess who this threat even was. What do you want to do? Enjoy the economy stimulation, I guess. <laughs> I had a terrible time here and I will uh, just walk forward. I, the calmest expeditious retreat that anyone could ever take, open the door and glaring gesture for smite to cross the room. <laughs> the three of you move down the alley into the door. Don't don't stop touching the doorknob. One of you roll a d10, one of you roll a d100. As I open the door, I uh, second wind. <laughs> <laughs> All together now, Zola rips open the door. 25. And find yourself standing in a stairwell. As you shut the door behind you, it's a simple wooden stairwell um, that transitioned into stone stairs where there's a solid stone door at the top. You check see, the watch while I eat my sandwich. You check the watch as you begin to munch into your sausage, egg, and cheese, and the time has maintained the same as the previous plane, as the plane of mm -hmm. air. It is moving faster than the material plane. Just um, want to say that I keep up my tradition of rolling a one on my second wind. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we love tradition. Tradition! A one! Yeah, this door before you has carved into it a 
flame, like a what looks to be a, a ball of fire with an M inscribed into it. Brigid, does this mean anything to you? An a ball of fire. Fire with gal? An M. Yeah, yeah. By the way, nice job with the wall there. Smite. Terrible job with the being normal in a public place. <laughs> okay. If you had been there, you would have seen how this guy was talking to me, all right? I would. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm used to dealing with the diddle pisses, so maybe I should have done the retail portion. <sighs> no, I should have been better. You know, I'm 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 likable, but you know, if I get angry, I kinda uh, lose focus of that. Sounds really good. Is it? Is it? I even tried mine. Yeah, it's actually really. Is it worth it? <laughs> you guys like, start munching on your sandwiches. To the dumplings. I'm injured. <laughs> well, let's face it. Uh, okay, so um, what do you guys do? You're in this stairwell. Um, Should we knock? Hold on, hold on. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm still. I'm eating my sandwich. <laughs> I'm just, um, we can still look good? at the door yeah. while you're eating. I, I mean, we I can't said what, just sit I said when I got up, I was not feeling very good, so I just need to, like, have some stuff. All right, finish eating. Fine. Really okay, so I will look at the door. You see Smite goes up to it, sniffs, trying to get a sense of if there's any sort of good or evil around. He slowly reaches towards the door. And Wait, is going to cast Detect Magic. Oh. Um, you're right. We definitely should knock first. But before we do that, and his eyes flash that like periwinkle blue. And he goes, whoa. Heavy abjuration on this one. Okay. So a trap room. Uh, well, at least a trapped door. I don't know what the room is inside, but it's locked. Marfin definitely didn't want us to use this door. I will uh, take the tusk out from behind my back and place on the doorknob and dispel magic. Give me a spellcasting check. D20 plus your intelligence. As I'm eating my, finish eating my sandwich, I'm going to cast Healing Word on Zola, second level. Thanks. <laughs> it's 2D, 4 plus 5. 10 hit points back. Love it. You know what? Back I should over probably. Um, Zola, um, Smite is going to give you 10 of his oh, land thanks. hands. Thanks, guys. I should be good now. Thank you. That's the least you could do, you know? Yeah, I'm really sorry. Well, okay, look, I know that it was my fault we got into the scenario. Ah, I'm busting your balls. <laughs> well deserved, busting. Well deserved. I'm doing a spell casting check. Correct. Okay. Twelve. You release the incantation. Nothing seems to have changed. I don't know. My connection to the tusk is weird these days. Well, I can try the door if we want to. Or we can try going back. I do a side eye at Pyre when Zola says that. I'm like, yeah, I know what that's like. <laughs> Pyre looks to you and narrows her eyes. Pyre, what do you think? Go sniff around over there. Goes up to it, touches the door with her nose. Give me a dexterity saving throw for Pyre. Uh-oh, uh SpaghettiO. Does it seem like a charge? Aha, uh -huh. plus two, so 17. 17. Pyre touches the door with her nose. There is a flash of yellow light as the stairs that are stone fall out from underneath her. She looks back and plummets out of sight. Can I lightning lure? I call lure? her back into my, oh. my earring. You throw the lightning lure into the darkness. The moment it hits like this pit, it literally dispels. Oh. And you summon her back and your earring fills up again. You were able to bring her back, but that was not just a hole in the ground. The door is locked hole replacing the several steps before it. You guys are in this short hallway between these two doors. 
The moment you shut the door behind you, by the way, it went completely silent. It's not like you're like suddenly hearing them banging at the door and screaming for you. It's quiet in here. Is yeah. Pyre okay? I think she is. You touch your earring. It's warm. She's there. Mm-hmm. The stairs before the door have crumbled. Is there at all like a little ledge that one of us could like misty step to in front of the door? Or is it literally like the door and there's no kind of You could absolutely do that, yeah. There's like a slight lip there that you could, I mean, probably one at a time. And the gap isn't too big. Like I think within reason with a running start, a short run, you might be able to leap it normally. Okay. If one of us wants to jump across or if we think that that's too much of a risk, I could spider climb. Mm, not a bad idea. That might just be good to keep a hand on something. And he looks kind of over into the pit. What do you think's down there? I don't know, but it doesn't seem good. It seems like whoever placed this trap here doesn't want us to go in the door. But the M does make me think that maybe it's Morphin. Can I toss a piece of copper down into the abyss? You toss a piece of copper and it just disappears. Does anyone have the knock spell stocked? No. No. I could I mean, I can try and dispel it too if I mean I, I I'm burning through resources, but I certainly have the magic to do it if you want me to try. I should have changed my spells this morning, but I forgot to and now I don't want to be dishonest to do it halfway through the day. Um, I'll say that it would be it wouldn't be so dishonest if there were a few that you All I out. used was Misty Step in the city, yeah. which I only used my use Your of it. Ability. I didn't use any of my... Oh, wait. I did use Expeditious Retreat, though, so I could keep that one stocked. Yeah, I think keeping that makes sense. And that would have been probably one Zola would have stocked, too, I right? I probably would have stocked also Knock, to be honest, with the doors. I just kind of forgot that yeah. I have spells that I can change. I think that that is more than fair. Okay, one second. One yeah, second. take your time. Swain is actually going to take this opportunity to regain the fourth level he used with some sorcery points. Might as well use that ability. You never use your sorcery points. Yeah, well, you know, it's like I try and save that extra magic for when I'm in real dire need. But it feels like right now this is almost endurance. We have to keep going and, well. Bring it in a moment of not practicing what she preaches. is like, you know, you really should rest. You should, you know, restore and take some time if you need it, you know? Uh, well, the city never sleeps, so I can't really. But I will consider it, if you do. <laughs> you silently nod. Okay, so that's yes or no on that. Or? I think Brigid just uh, saying, think is thinking to herself, yeah, I should sleep. Smite should sleep. I'm gonna we jump. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> the two of you are having this conversation, so you <laughs> leap over the gap and <laughs> balance. But Hold it there. Manage not to fall. The trap has already been essentially set. It's not going away, and it doesn't seem like anything else that gets triggered as you accidentally steady yourself on the door. But it is locked. I will cast knock on the door. You focus and send this unraveling energy into the world. You hear something shift. I will try to open it. You slowly open the door carefully, having to like kind of hold on to this as you push. And I'm push having it open. Stilton behind me, like uh, hovering in air, like pushing on my back, <laughs> gasping for breath. This this massive outward form leads against him. You open the door and see a burning landscape 
ruins of a once great city spreading around you as flames rise in the distance tall as mountains. You look at the orange smoky sky and recognize it instantaneously. You are on the plane of fire. Based on your surroundings, you are across the cinder waste from the Creator Forge, which you had visited, and you are now in the destroyed city of Brass. Once beautiful, sparkling structures encrusted with gold and gems have been torn down and shattered and stripped of their valuables. The wall that once protected the city in the distance has been toppled. There's massive gaps in it. You look behind you and see that this insulation of Marfin's shop does not exist. All that is there is the door that you have entered in from. It's like literally a standing frame with nothing behind it. Ruins of his once incredible um, store here just still smoldering. I think, Zola, as you're kind of aghast, like overwhelmed I by this I squeeze space, my eyes shut. You close your eyes. Brigid, you're getting a chance to look at this as you kind of hop over as well, like using a little thorn whip to bring yourself to the other side. And you step out and Look, in the distance with your elvish eyes, you do see that there are some humanoid figures like amongst this, these very ruined buildings, perhaps what Zola would recognize as new inhabitants of this city who have returned now that Anacra has been sealed away from this plane. But outside of that, the thing that really catches your attention is far in the distance, rising from behind a ruined castle, this large temple that mirrors the Creator Forge, the most notable difference, a brass brazier atop it that blossoms with a gargantuan flame, blue with a white hot center. It rises hundreds of feet above the city. Do I feel any reaction from Pyre? You feel your earring growing like hotter in the presence of this plane. Um, but Zola is kind of blocking your way, having taken like a step through the door and then stopped. Smite at the, you know, still inside the stairwell, looks up and goes, is everything okay up there? Looks and feels very fucking hot. It's the, we're in the city of brass in the plane of fire. Do we? Do you uh, want to stay here? Um, do I, Zola like cracks open her eyes, kind of squinting through the heat. Do I recognize that blue bright flame that's on top of the temple? Give or is me, that temple new to me? The temple looks identical to the Creator Forge in a lot of ways, but give me a history check with advantage, because you've been here before. 23. You assume that that is where the Allfire originates from. That is the gift that Mistra gave so long ago, this concentration of like sentient flame this is like its hub, its core. Um, this is where Pyre grow, emerges from. I turn to Brigid, still kind of wincing. I don't really want to be here, but what if there's something important in there? I mean, Pyre, she's sick or different? She's just different. She's, she's definitely stronger. Um... Maybe something in there could help her or someone in there might know more about I mean you or it's up to you it's up to you I don't think I don't think it's for me to decide I think let's see if Pyre has any thoughts and feelings and so I want to summon her again okay you use your second uh, wild shape to reconjure her back into reality she lands and excitedly looks towards the flame kind of like stomping her feet a little bit turns to you and turns back to the flame she immediately recognizes herself I kind of kneel down 
What do you, do you want to go over there? Do you, are you just happy to be here? Because it's nice and hot. <laughs> just as like hopping around you excitedly. You get the sense from Pyre that this is kind of like seeing your family in a way. Like she's just feeling happy and connected. She's um, not missing anything though. Yeah, she's not like absent of anything. But I think that, give me a self insight check. Whoa. Insight with advantages because I know myself. (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) you have a high enough insight, you don't need advantage on this. Um, I do. Uh, it's a 14. 14. I think that if anything, perhaps you could benefit from being there. Pyre doesn't need to return to this, but Pyre is a reflection of you and your emotions. So if you think that you need to go there, maybe you feel a pull to it. But I think that in general, you look and Pyre just looks very happy to you. I feel like I learned a lot about Mistra and her people and the history of Emeralia just going to the Creator Forge. I mean, maybe there really is something that you need to know that's in there. I know, but we have so little time, and my journey to discover more about myself isn't really important right now. I think it is important, though. It's been important for me. It's been important for Smite. And also, I mean, we've got some extra time here, I think. It's moving much more quickly here than in our world. Should I come up? Should I stay? Where are we going? Dus- we're discussing. Okay. Um, I died here, okay? Oh, my. Zola, I'm so, Zola, we don't have to stay here. Hey, we're yeah. just doing a meeting. We're just having a quick meeting. Exactly. Do, you know, I am a part, you know, whatever. Go ahead. Decide. I, no, I appreciate your, what do you think? I mean, I, it also seems like the all fires from here, so, like, could be important for Brigid. I fully support us staying if it's going to mean something to Brigid, but I also fully support us leaving if this is too much for you. There's no point in traumatizing yourself. Guys, I'm like hearing all of this and it's very like, stay, go, stay, go. Um, how far away is it? I mean, it's through the city. If you're walking on foot, this is like a 15, 20 minute walk. Mm-hmm. I think we should go. I don't think that we should pass up any knowledge that we can get from Mistra. And if her intention is to share knowledge through me by making me face my fears, then I'm ready to face it. Okay. Okay, okay. And I look down at Pyre and I'm like, okay. <laughs> Bolts off towards, <laughs> through the city, towards oh. the burning flame. Oh. Let's <laughs> go, Smite. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> I'll hold out a hand for him. Catches, um, you guys predator handshake as you pull him up and the two enter through and close the door behind you. Watch out for little magma dudes. <laughs> yeah, I, I got your six. You guys begin to move through the city, following after Pyre, who like runs 120 feet, teleports back, like <laughs> trying to lead you oh, and keeps running. That's so cute. You guys follow after. Brigid, you can't help but get a little excited here. I mean, you yeah. feel a deep connection to this place and the power of fire, the connection the elements have with you know, the elements, the nature, life itself. It also feels good that my friends are encouraging me and not uh, just assigning me to my duty. Them following, flanking from behind you, you guys move with haste uh, as you try not to waste too much time here. You do see people in the distance, some kind of peek out from ruined houses, folks with burning red skin, 
shades of orange, colors of fire. Their hair even also flames as they peer out towards you. Um, these look to be Genasi, um, who Zola would definitely recognize from her brief time here. Could I maybe wave down one of them as we're passing by? Yeah, sure. You stop. Um, as Brigitte, I'll say that you kind of keep walking a little bit. You guys have made some progress through the city as Pyre keeps going ahead. And Smite stops with you, promise to keep your six. Um, you wave out to someone. You see this older male Janasi with a fiery little goatee and um, just a whiff of like smoke coming from his head where hair might be um, kind of peering out his window towards you and cautiously raises a hand to wave back. Hello, I'm I'm a friend of Charlotte Amira's and Toast and the others. Do you know where they are in the city? He like, steps away from his window, kind of goes over to his door, cracks it open and my Here's name is out. Zola. I'm Amber. Hi, Amber. You know Emira? Yes, yes. Is she okay? Yes, she she and the others are still at the Crater Forge. Okay. They said it was safe to come back here, so we've been resettling. It uh, it looks great. Are who you you said your name is Zola? Yes. Let me roll a history check for this guy. Oh, shit. Probably, like, a good amount of time has passed by since I was here. Uh, yeah. Because it's been on our end at least, like, a week. They've um, built <laughs> vestiges and all sorts of... <laughs> you see a massive statue, statue in your honor. It's Zola. We've heard stories of, of you. You assisted Charlotte Amira and the, f- the fallen flame in retaking the Creator Forge. Yeah, please tell me that. That's what? the entirety of the story. D- there was... Yes, I'm, uh, but that seems like the whole story. I don't know what kind of Great. second story Perfect. that would be. Or, Good. We got all the embarrassing bits. This is, uh, wow. He looks around and like signals to a neighbor who like is peering out at you guys, steps out, and people begin to kind of emerge from their homes. A, a decent population has returned here um, and are slowly starting to rebuild. So they kind of approach, and one of them, this young girl, goes, Oh! And points at her doll, and it looks to be like a little half work girl with red hair. <laughs> You're kidding. Just you! One second, let me just update. I snip off the little braid. So <laughs> she's got a. Does she start crying? <laughs> Give me a. I point, car- at, I point at my head. <laughs> Give me a charisma check with advantage. I'll just say, just. You know what? Uh, you're gonna add. You'll, it'll still be a minus one. It's persuasion. <laughs> Eight. <laughs> she goes. Uh, and you see her mom kind of pulls her in. She's just updating it. She's just updating uh, it. It's, it's, I'm not good with kids. Um, g- could I introduce? <laughs> Sorry. Could I introduce m- my friend Brigid? And I kind of pull Brigid over and gesture for Pyre to join us too. I uh, keep Pyre away from the child, and I like. <laughs> You know, just kind of fix up my yeah. myself because I know that like I probably yeah it means something to these people. Brigid carries the sacred flame. Brigid is the keeper of the all fire. You return to your friends, Brigid. Um, you see people approaching Pyre and Pyre nuzzling them, and they're like petting her and f- ruffling her flaming fur. Um, mm. They seem very happy to receive her. The moment you are introduced as the keeper, though, people pause and look to you. And you see the older man goes, 
the holder of the stolen flame. The stolen flame? And you recall that Corellin borrowed a bit of fire from the elemental flame to create the all fire. And you also remember Charlotte and Mira had heard of a legend that the elven god had done this, had made a sort of deal to take the fire. But some of these folks seem to think that that deal wasn't made or it wasn't made fairly. It's been many, 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 many centuries since that flame was stolen. I mean, we didn't even know that until not even that long ago. Brigid is a protector and a defender of the flame and someone who keeps our realm safe using this gift. She's an ally to you, just like we are. The flame that was taken, why have you come? We are just passing through, honestly. We just wanted to go visit the temple over there? And you see Smite gestures over his shoulder towards the all-fire in the distance. To honor it, not to steal or anything more. Do you know Marfin? Of course, Marfin. His establishment is quite a booming business here for centuries. But, like, well, it's the closed up time, shop when... The last time you saw Marfin, what did he look like? Oh, man, he was sporting a really sh- strange, sh- sort of short on the sides, but incredibly high top. Mm, it's, yes. mm-hmm. Okay, a while back. The 90s, got it, got it. yeah. Well, I, we just kind of found ourselves here and thought that maybe would be good for us to check in, see how things are going in the Creator Forge, how... You guys are coming along. Place looks great. We wanted to pay our respects and visit the temple and maybe learn something. You see, there's looks and you know whispers throughout the circle. People speaking in elemental languages, Ignan and the like, as the older man goes, I will take you to the Allfire. We are not so blinded by smoke to see that what you say is true. You travel with a hero of our people. I trust her judgment. How long has it been since you guys have been rebuilding the city? When when did Anacra leave? Mm, Noah? Taps <laughs> Noah, Matt? Well, let's see. It's I'm just been... trying to figure out if like decades have passed or like a I'm, year or something. Like uh, I believe that we... I can't remember the exact translation. I think it was think an hour was a day. day. So... Um, Let's see. I would say... 140 years. No, it's been several months since the events happened. Word has spread here, and these people are new inhabitants Mm -hmm. to this area. Okay. Smite, Brigid, question. Mm -hmm. Do you think... I mean, there's the Creator Forge here, there's the Temple here. The last time I was at the Creator Forge, Charlotte Amira and the Warriors of the Fallen Flame said that they were going to start working on something... To help us, do you think that if it's been, you know, months or a year, should I check and see what they have prepared so far? That would be amazing. If you That's... might want to go to the temple. Yeah. I mean, I did say we needed more firepower, and this really is it. And then Ashley and Smite can have a little scene. <laughs> Stop trying to do that! I had a lot of alone time in the bird place, so I feel like you should also have your own scene. <laughs> This um, is the bird place. <laughs> oh my god, again. 
I'm going to try to link up with Charlotte, Amira, and see what the progress is with the Creator Forge and if they have been building any sick, cool weapon to help us <laughs> as they had promised. Maybe there's another, there's like a fiery tusk and you Correct. can dual wield. <gasps> the fire tusk. You tell me you made me a fire tusk and I can dual wield now. You see. <laughs> oh, I was given this. <laughs> this is what Noah and I talk dual about when we're laying in bed together. <laughs> Honey, can you just make another sword for Lisa? <laughs> you three, well, four, counting Pyre, all five counting Pyre, <laughs> counting still, and the five of you um, walk through the streets. People, again, coming out and like taking looks. Some people excitedly chittering as they see the hero of the Creator Forge walking through their streets. You head through the city, making your way down the main avenue towards a grand plaza where the Allfire's Temple, a geometric ziggurat with a massive brass brazier on top, stands. The blue flame of the Allfire burning like an azure star, a beacon. Before it, in the center of the plaza, is the semi-ruined palace of Charlotte's family, the royal family comprised of several towers topped with brass domes around a central capital building like keep it almost gives the appearance of flickering flames though it is clear that it is but a smoldering ember of what it was before some of them have been toppled from anacris taking and you see on like the central structure of this government building there are like massive claw marks and cracks from like he landed on it so many years ago and they've been like how do you how do you rebuild something like this without destroying parts of it so um as you guys walk there you see this older man amber points to the temple and goes up through there and up the stairs will bring you up to the main temple of the Allfire. Um, I can bring you to Bernie Mlick, who is the king of the City of Brass. Oh, wow. You guys elected a king already. Good for you. Well, he is Charlotte Amira's father. Oh, makes sense. Ah, Follow me and the two. <laughs> no you. elections, got it. <laughs> this is a this is a blood uh, decided keep it in the government. Yeah, keeping it. it in the family. Yes. You kind of same on my end. So you guys uh, <laughs> split off as Smite gives you a nod and says, All right, "You're gonna be okay, alone. Keep her get safe. We'll do." You guys split off and you head towards this government building as you and Smite Brigid head around down like past this sort of main area of the city towards the temple behind it. We'll start with you, Zola. Amber leads you through the broken kind of gates and walls of this main sort of burning citadel, this this brass capital, and you are led past guards wearing worn, mismatched bronze armor. Clearly, they haven't fully recovered from the initial attack of Anacra. As you are kind of led through these burning gardens, bushes that are just covered in flames, it's very strange sort of foliage here. You are led into the government building past people who are all taking looks at you you see many people do like the deep bow of the fallen flame as you pass recognizing who you are and what you've done hi no need to bow it's the hero it's the hero (laughs) i should be bowing (laughs) i'm bowing back to everyone nice to meet you you. he's a busy man stop bowing (laughs) um you are led down this grand hall with brass pillars towards this um solid brass door covered in um, honestly, it looks very similar to the ones you saw at the Creator Forge. There's lots of like elemental designs and carvings of flames in it. Um, the guards see you with this citizen 
um, and look to him and he speaks to them in Ignan as they recognize you and stop, bow, and then turn and pull open the doors to reveal the massive main throne room of the city of brass. Does he speak common? Am I be able to talk to, talk to yes, him? Yes, he, he speaks common. Oh, Most good, of us good. speak common, Okay. but I wanted to, you know, this... Anyways, follow Oh, whatever <laughs> makes you comfortable, yeah. <laughs> um, you are led in as he, like, brings you to the front. You look up and see sitting in this massive brass throne, easily 20 feet or so tall, bright red skin, orange flames forming a beard upon his face and a mane of burning braids. This giant ifrit, this massive fire genie, this djinn um, who rules the city. He does have some of the same features as Charlotte. They have similar eyes, similar bone structure. He's just like twice her height, uh, maybe three times her height. Uh, as he looks down at you and you see this um, man, Amber, bows and goes, My king, the hero of the Crater Forge, wishes to speak with you. And you see this massive king looks down. Welcome, Gorgonzola. Thank you. I walk forward. Let's you go forward as you are left alone, the doors closing behind you. What can I do for the hero who helped my daughter take back the Creator Forge? King Mlick. It Please, is Mlick is the title you appreciate the Got it. Okay, yeah. Mlick. Thank you for having me in your esteemed halls. I can't express enough how it was the honor of a lifetime to meet your daughter and work with her. Is she in? I find myself here quite by accident, but I'm curious to know how things go. My daughter remains at the Creator Forge, along with many of my forces who have set up encampments there in case something were to change about Anacra's banishment. And no sight of him so far? No sight so far, thanks to you. We are eternally in your debt. Anytime. I also am in debt. I'm sure that your daughter told you that I fell in the halls of the Creator Forge, and if she and her compatriots hadn't kept fighting, all would have been lost. She also told me, like our noble phoenix, you rose, despite having fallen. Something like that. Maybe your likeliness would deign to accompany me to the Creator Forge, not to make my visit too businesslike, but the last time that I was here, we discussed, well, your daughter and I discussed a bit of a trade. We've been making preparations, relearning the magic of the forge, to be ready for the coming change my daughter said you spoke of. Yes, the change. Speaking of the change, it's coming. Maybe in about a week, my time. You could call this, um, a, uh, a courtesy call? We appreciate the call. How do you call upon us? You asked for our assistance. I cannot bring you to the Creator Forge. It is many, many miles across the Cinder Waste, but if you are asking me to pass a message to my daughter, I certainly can. Well, it would be nice to know details. I appreciate that you're offering your aid, but 
what is that going to look like on our end? And I think I'll kind of go into explaining to him what the current threat is that my people are going to be marching on Everholm and attempting to essentially break the Pact of the Gods by bringing Groomsh back and that I fear there's another malediction that's going to happen. I think likely the city of Brass would fall again if this happened. I know that this is affecting the Feywild as well, and so I can only imagine it would spill back onto the elemental planes again. He takes a long pause considering everything you've said. You can tell he's thinking about the nature of whatever this threat could be, why it's so massive, what what even it is, and how you could possibly bring a god to the material plane, he thinks for quite some time. As I said, we have begun to relearn to reuse the Crater Forge to create weapons and refurbish our depleted supplies of building materials and the like. Its transmutation magic has allowed us to make many gains in the months after your heroic sacrifice. We hope to someday master its power. Then there would be nothing we can't create. Whatever you need, we could make it. A weapon we want forged. A city we could raise. We will hopefully have the power to do it in a matter of months. I'm gonna say you've got about, um, 168 days or so. It's really specific, but I appreciate the warning. Yeah, no problem. Okay, well, hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh, that's news to me. The math's a little complex, but... Yes. Give or take. The temporal distortion between our planes is... Well, advantageous for us. It gives us ample time, while you may not have it, so... When you are ready for us, we may use the Crater Forge to create whatever you may need. I mean, how large are we talking? Could you create, like, a jail cell for God? He smiles and chuckles to himself. We can certainly make something big enough. Whether or not it would hold him is another story. Interesting. How can I reach you in 168 days? Is there something you could give me? Or my friend um, holds a, a piece of the flame from here. Is there, could we send maybe the flame back? Or how do I get in touch with you? Your friend is a keeper. One of the holders of the stolen or borrowed flame. Stolen flame, all fire. Potato, potato. No, I, I, I completely understand. It, from where I stand, the keeper of the Allfire is the ultimate guardian of Emeralia and and the magic that both plagues and protects it. Wherever the fire comes from, now it is. It's evolved so many times. It's, it's a piece of our history give me a persuasion check i know that brigid would never steal anything from anyone and you can roll with advantage because you are the hero of the creator forge you said persuasion persuasion i rolled double 19s so 18 whoa let's see it 
I can imagine it was painful to have a piece of your history stolen from you. I'm truthfully in no position to make apologies for Brigid or her people. So all I can say is that right now, good is being done with the flames of Mistra here and on our plane. Truthfully, we do not know exactly how Corellin procured the Allflyer. Regardless, I do not blame your friend or the flame's previous stewards if he did it in an unjust way. Gods, right? Truly. If I could be one of them, I'd give him a piece of my mind. But, alas, I am merely an all-powerful king. You are very tall. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I am, aren't I? Well, if your friend has a connection to our plane, that would be the easiest way to send us a message. Okay. And I will do my best to contact Charlotte on the other side of our plane to alert her that the need for the Creator Forge being at its full abilities is increasing. And there is a deadline. Strong deadline. Strong deadline. Hard, hard deadline. Hard de- deadline. It, no extension. No not, it's extension. not soft. Not a soft deadline. Got it. Well... Is there anything else I can do for you here of the Crater Forge, Gorgonzola? Can you teleport me to the, uh, that temple my friends are at? No. Mm. And we're going to cut over <laughs> <laughs> no. to uh, um, Brigid and Smite, who have wandered uh, around the main capital building, around its broken walls, to the much taller temple that rises from behind it. You and Smite continue to walk for a bit as Smite kind of looks around and is looking back at you and looking over at Pyre, who again is like excitedly running forward, teleporting back and running forward again, teleporting back. <laughs> like a dog at a dog park. <laughs> wow, it really seems like she's right at home here. Yeah. It's, it must feel nice for her. This is incredible. How is this for you? This is... You're connected to this place. You know... I'm I'm looking forward to learning more. I'm disappointed that people look at me and my role as um as something negative. So I was uh when I walked back to to see what you who you guys were talking with before when speaking with Amber, I was excited to to meet people who I might have more in common with than I know, but it was sad to hear that they they didn't welcome me, really. Well, I think that, you know, there's, it's been a long time, and yeah. the stories that must have been told, it's mis- misleading, you know, but we are with the hero of the Creator Forge, whatever <laughs> that is, so that should buy us some, you know, leeway, and you you do good work as the Keeper, and all yeah. the other Keepers have done great work, so. No, no, I know, I know. So uh, I'm sorry, though. You you deserved a better welcome. You are, the, in a way, the, the champion of this plane on our plane. Yeah, that's how I feel. You guys are, at this point, in front of the main steps of this massive kind of pyramid-like temple. You begin to walk up it. I can dimension doors to the top, but if this is more of a pilgrimage thing, uh, we can w- take the stairs. <laughs> I can walk. Thank you. <laughs> he smiles sheepishly, and you guys continue to walk. I think Brigid gets her quite quickly and athletically, and Smite is like, (laughs) (laughs) 
Smite is 19 strength. He is very athletic. Uh, how but, many steps? But um, he's not as dexterous. So at one point he slips and whoa, <laughs> falls down several of them has to scramble back up. I thorn whip him back up. Uh, so he doesn't you, fall down. He, he goes, thanks, as you pull him back uh, and you guys continue up the stairs. Eventually, you reach the top and Pyre is there waiting for you, excitedly standing before this massive literally a hundred foot tall flame that matches the blue of her flames. She stares at it in awe. Whoa. This is... You tap into this? This power is... I I can feel... I can feel her in it. It's extremely powerful. Mistra... I can... I can feel her in it. I literally... I. It's strange. It's her magic. It it is her. Wow. Um. Brigid's like just kind of, you know how when you sit by a really warm fire and you're very contented? I think that that's how she feels. You see Pyre looks to you and kind of pulls over and starts tugging at you. This is like strange because Pyre's normally pretty ornery and to see Pyre acting like differently and more excited and... Um, in a way very lovingly is ex- is good because it feels like the way it was before she reincarnated. So I follow. You follow. She tugs you and pulls you closer and closer to the flame until she, it's, almo- it's almost unbearably hot. Even with the, your inclination towards fire, you feel that heat and it's starting to prickle at your skin. You feel the need to to kind of pull away but you lean in you let her pull you closer and closer until she yanks you hard and you both tumble into this inferno the flames licking around you burning your skin you cry out so it goes Brigid and tries to like reach into the flames but they flare out at him um, as suddenly you feel more connected to fire than you've ever felt in your entire life you feel pyre is not before you anymore but all around you you are within pyre and she is within you you burn brighter and brighter and more powerful like a torch being dipped into a bonfire to reignite it you feel renewed and it occurs to you you are part of this flame and it burns within you and it gives you the energy that pushes you forward But like any flame, it needs a sustainable fuel source. And this fire is sustained by the inherent magic here. Mm -hmm. And that is perhaps why you feel like energized by it. Mm -hmm. But you can't stay here. You have to keep going. A torch left in the flame becomes kindling. A torch renewed can light the way. But it feels so warm and cozy. It feels so good. You want to stay here. It does feel like I want to stay here. What's going through Brigitte's mind at this moment? Just think this feels like rest and she wants to stay here. She doesn't want to face everything that she knows is happening, not on this plane. You feel tears sizzling as you begin to cry, thinking about how this is the closest to true rest that you have ever come to. This warmth, this peace and you know it can't last, but you just want to sit in it a little bit longer as you feel a hand touch yours, hot metal grabbing your arm, 
And you turn, you see Smite there holding on to you. Are you okay? I'm okay. I grab the hand and I squeeze it. You feel... And I shake it like, I'm okay. You feel, uh, even though this is... And then I let go of it because I'm like, I'm staying here. (laughs) (laughs) He he holds tighter and he goes, we need you. I need you. You staying? And I think... uh, I don't know. I think Brigid feels a lot of indecision but is, again, drawn by duty. You feel like you could be lost in these flames. You could rejoin and reunite the all-fire and essentially close this loop that has been left open through the actions of a god interfering. But you think of your friends. You think of the importance of pushing forward. And it pushes you to realize, as you are so wise, that... Giving yourself grace, giving yourself rest, it is essential for you to keep going on. You could stay here and exist and never have to do or worry about anything ever again until someone tries to quench this flame. But you know that's not realistic. You know that you have to go back. You have to sustain your duty. Mm. But you also know that you can't do that unless you take care of yourself, unless you nurture the flame. Right that you carry with you from this burning all fire. Can I see Pyre around me or near me? You feel Pyre around you. There is no visible fox. You are part of this flame. What's the vibe I'm getting from Pyre right now? Pyre is rejuvenated and is resonating with that feeling of like this. We could stay here and be at peace and never have to do another thing again. But she likes being herself. And she knows your fire is needed to burn out the underbrush, making room for new growth. We can always come back. You feel warmth against you. That is not fire warmth, but like an emotional comfort. Mm. Is Smite's hand still there? It's still there. You see, Smite is absolutely is in melting? a lot of pain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you see the metal is getting softer in your hand the longer he keeps it in there. Mm. I grab it and I pull myself back up. Despite having the opportunity to step away, you choose to return to your duty. But this time, returning with the knowledge that in order to continue your duty, you have to give yourself the grace and kindness of rest and of support from those around you. And at this point, Zola, you're waving goodbye to Bernie Malik. Yes, good luck out there. Try not to, um, you know, ruin your good name in the city. <laughs> I thought you were going to say try not to die. I thought that was going to be really... Um, I thought that I, would be insensitive. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, as you exit, um, you are led out by the various guards and brought back into the streets. Hope Brigitte and Smiter chill. <laughs> um, do you go to the temple? Yeah. Um, you go to the temple just as you see Brigitte and Smite descending the stairs of it. Um, I give Smite a little ring so I can, like, see him from far away, but I'm chatting with him on the setting stone. He's like, what up, what up? Hey, just met with the king. Um, they're working on, I don't know, weapons and stuff, I guess. You guys good? That's a, that's it? That was the big report? They're working on weapons and stuff? He wasn't very specific. I was trying to get him known up to something. This kind of seems like they're going to wing it when I call him. <laughs> 
Zola, I think, gets the impression that they are going. They're mastering the transmutation magic there to be able to create literally anything. Anyway, I don't know what the fuck they're doing over there, but I hope they get their shit together because I thought they were gonna show me a cool gun or something. <laughs> A gun they brought all the way back here. A big gun. Across the cinderwaist, they were like, we made this massive gun, gun. for you, Zola. <laughs> nothing specific, I guess. <laughs> um, and No he, fire swords, he, no nothing. Zola, um, Brigid had like a, a moment up here. I think that she's not really being honest about how much all of this is wearing on her. Yeah. No, duh. She doesn't seem okay. I don't know what to do. Hold her hand. He um, puts the phone back down and reaches out with his non-metallic arm, which is still rub, like red hot. Rub her hand with your thumb. Rub, put your do your thumb back and forth stop, on her oh, hand. Stop it! Stop just <laughs> shoving the phone into his pocket. Are you on the phone with Zola? No, it, it, <laughs> I dropped the call. <laughs> yeah, it was just uh, some sort of uh, weird uh, reception. Um, can I hold your hand? Okay. He takes your hand. You know you can. Always lean on us if you need anything, right? Like I can always hold your hand? Oh, duh, but also, I mean, like, you carry the team a lot, and we appreciate it, but... Yeah, that's my job. That's what I have to do. Yeah, but you you also can trust us that we can handle these things, and we can rise up and help you. It's okay I trust to you. be overwhelmed. I do trust you. Bring it. And he stops. And you guys are close to the bottom of the stairs now. And he looks up at the flame. I saw you choose to be with us. Let us choose to be with you. Let us help you. It's okay if things go wrong and we fail. Believe me, I have done many things that have not gone well. (laughs) But just doing them and trying to be better and leaning on the support of others who are there to help you be better that's the way forward yeah I know you're right thank you for all of your support and for always picking me up when I get lost you see um Pyre nuzzles into you. She burns next to you, but not in the fiery, angry way, but in the smoldering ember, sort of the warmth of a a fire that is under control, no longer raging. And you guys have a moment, him looking at you. (laughs) He smiles. You are spectacular, and you can do great things, but it's okay if you don't, and it's okay if you need us to take over at any moment. Yeah, I think together we're going to be spectacular. I hope this helped. It feels good. And at that moment, Zola, you probably are close enough to see them. And- I think I kind of just stopped and when Smite dropped the call. I just stopped and was looking up at them descending down the stairs and then watched them stop and hold hands and talk to each other and Zola's just smiling <laughs> you see uh, Smite using his still very hot metal hand like brushes away a tear that sizzles as a touch and he goes we should you know thank you 
Always. I think I give Spike a big hug. He hugs you back, and the two of you finish walking down the stairs. Pyre happily trots over to you, Zola. First time really ever interacting with you in such a direct, positive way. Sits down and goes, You taking care of Brigid? I give a big wave to Brigid and Smite, kind of like calling him down the steps, and I go, you know, this place isn't that scary. Oh. And that's where we'll end our episode today. Well, good, because I oh, can't. Because <laughs> I didn't mean to my girlfriend to cry. Can I give a little clap? Can I give a clap? Give a little clap. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Try Not to Die. Thank you especially to our Eldritch patrons. <laughs> they grabbed hands and it's just like it's so hot. Um, uh, of course, you can become an Eldritch patron by going to patreon.com slash try not to die pod. Um, of course, thank you to all of the wonderful places where we get our sounds. Michael Gelfie, Sword Course Soundscapes, and freesound.org. Oh my god, I saw Skinamarink last night, and the sound is free sound. Free sound goes big, baby! I was, the way that I erupted in the theater when I came to that, I was like, <gasps> You know, free sound. In the it, same way we erupted for freesounds.org at the milk show. I really need to get in contact. If anyone out there knows the free yeah, sound can we get folks, sponsored? Let's, I, I mean, I know that they're not making a lot of money off the free <laughs> sounds, <Everyone's> but. Free. <laughs> can, you, um, can I have a job? Ooh, ooh, okay. um, uh, Lisa, any plugs you would like to deliver? Mm. An order from Ornithurn of plugs right here? If you're not already on the $5 Patreon tier, we revamped the afterlife totally this season. So mm. before we were just kind of like going through doing the recap together and discussing it. Now it's like a whole new show. There's mini games. It's a very silly. It's very fun. Mm -hmm. We're doing conspiracies every single episode. That's right. Baby. So we're drawing into the end. If you want to know what we're thinking, then... Get on that Patreon tier, baby. And if you want to, you know, DM pitch me. some conspiracies pitch. for your own, DM Ashley. I guess DM tr yes. at Try Not to Die Pod we'll as well. Um, and of course, you can check out our website. Uh, Lisa, what is Try that website again? TryNotToDiePod.com. Oh, we got the domain, baby. We got it. And I mean, my only plug really is to tell your friends, tell them, show them the recap episode we just released. Now is the time to get in on it, gang. This year is the year of... Uh, the rabbit, actually, but the it's the year the of water the rabbit. for us. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, any last minute plugs? Anything? I guess I'll also plug Prior to the Orange Tree, which I'm almost done reading. That <gasps> <Yes>. book slaps. <gasps> oh my god, <sighs> so good. We have to discuss. Uh, I wish I could have assigned it as a book club thing for the group, but it is over 800 pages, so it'd be kind True. of demanding. When the sequel comes out in March, we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll do, do a, a book deep club. Dive, deep dive. Uh, Ash, any plugs? Uh, my plug is Happy Lunar New Year. Uh, my plug is also for rest so that you can not uh, you know, cry on the podcast identifying with your character so much. Um, <laughs> We're plugging not burning out. Yeah. Not burning out. but Don't burn out. Don't, don't burn fade out. away. Drink lots of water and, and be gay. have a good day, gay. <laughs> and with that, I think we'll conclude today's episode. Thank you again for listening. And until next time, try not to die. Try to gay. All hell are eldritch.
Eldritch patrons! Especially Anita, Ashley, Becca B, Colleen, Eclair, Ilana, Emily, Grace, Jacob, James, Jeff, Joey, Kate, Katie, Leo, May, Morgan, Nat, Nicola, Paige, Patrick, Roni, Sahara, and of course, our producer Patty, Patrick Bronstetter, and producer Daddies, Sam Golden, Becca Mount, and Rose Evelyn Campbell. We thank you for these podcasting powers and promise to raise hell in your names. Till next time, try not to die.